You are listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. Welcome to Profiles in CRM, Episode 6. I'm your host, Chris Webster. Profiles in CRM asks CRM professionals eight simple questions. The answers vary wildly depending on their experience and education. Because of the nature of contract archaeology and how small this field really is, some people choose not to reveal their name or the company they work for. Stay to the end of the show to hear how you can have a chance to answer these same questions. All right, so here's the first question on profiles in CRM. What is your name and where do you work? My name is Anitra Sapula, and I work for a consulting archaeology company in Sparks, Nevada. And how long have you been working in CRM? Probably about 12 years now. 12 years, wow. Okay. Yeah. Off and on, uh, I probably worked for, well, four or five years in Burlington, Vermont, for a company there through the university, um, Mm -hmm. and then came out to the West Coast, um, not for archaeology specifically. I had applied to some grad school programs, so I was working locally in Tahoe um, and then attended grad school and then began working at Desert Research Institute in Reno and mm-hmm. um, and then over to my, my current company. Okay. So in CRM, what position do you usually have um, and what is the highest position you've ever had? And I mean like field tech, crew chief, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm probably I'm probably at the the top of my game right now, because, <laughs> <laughs> which is not a lot to say. <laughs> well, it's not even the top of the game in consulting archaeology, unfortunately. But it's um, I mean, I'm a I'm a laboratory crew chief, um, and just last week I have been field crew chiefing, which is ah. super exciting. Well, it's I mean, in my opinion, I think it's always important to know all aspects of the company that you work for. So it's mm-hmm. good to have laboratory experience. It's good to have field experience. Um, and to manage, I mean, I managed up to two people last week. It really wasn't uh, <laughs> right, right. maybe the best example of having a, a large staff underneath you. But it's it's interesting and it's helpful to see both sides of that crew member, crew chief. Yeah. I mean, uh, there really isn't a lot of difference in managing two people versus 10 people outside from logistics. So, you Mm -hmm. know, still good experience. Yeah. So you're saying I can manage 10 people easily with no problem? Well, I could. I don't know if you could. (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I need more of a backbone to be be angry with people, I think. Well, that's definitely true. The whole you're not supposed to be friends with your uh, employees Mm -hmm. is... I mean, it's it's true, but it's... um, I mean, that doesn't mean you have to be a dick, though. And yeah. some people just don't understand that. You just have to step up when you need to. And right. I'm a, I, you know, a lot of my background was in education before I turned to archaeology. So I'm always more of a let's go person rather than a go kind of person. Right, right. <laughs> in terms of leadership. Yeah. And well, that's that's good on field crews, too, because, I mean, it's not like we have a it's not like you're in the office. and You can just dictate what needs to be done. You're part of the crew. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Got to get it done. That's right. (laughs) All right. So we've kind of answered this already, but where have you worked in the country? Like what states have you worked in? I mean, I started in Vermont. So, uh, you know, regionally, just uh, archaeology in the Northeast, Mm -hmm. a lot of uh, clays, a lot of winter. Uh, It was a lot of shovel testing, (laughs) I will say. Um, If anyone's familiar with that, that's a lot of fun. Um, 50 by 50s and in clay up there in Vermont, isn't it? 50 by 50s yep. in clay in the rain and the... Oh, oh yeah. I've done it. <laughs> These are just bringing back some really good memories. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, out here, just great base in archaeology. Um, 
or and I should say too in Vermont, um, the director of our our program, it was uh, the University of Vermont's consulting archaeology program, um, headed by John Crock, who's mm-hmm. uh, who ran a field school in Anguilla in the British West Indies. Um, and we we had this amazing opportunity where we were able to do uh, just a volunteer project, kind of just a um, you know basically something was going in, everything needed to be removed from the soil beforehand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Um, so we were able to do a volunteer project for about two weeks, um, and I mean, so we had a little bit of uh, a Caribbean archaeology project. Wow. Um, which was, which was, you know, that was amazing. That was an amazing experience just being on a, a tiny Island and learning a completely different, uh, depositional environment, Yeah. <laughs> being approached by people on cruise ships, stalking to ask what we were, <laughs> what we were doing. Um, uh-huh. Salvage archeology. span <laughs> There's going to be another resort for you here. <laughs> nice. nice. Um, and then, uh, and then great, you know, back out here to the great basin. Um, so all over the, the beautiful Eastern Nevada, uh, <laughs> former shorelines. Yeah. And, um, and I did, I mean, a, a bit of excavation in England when I, when I did my grad school. Um, so kind of more, more of what I was used to in new England with, uh, more, uh, leaching, you know, just, just heavier soil, clay ridden soil, a lot mm-hmm. of, a lot of, uh, moisture. All right, and you worked a little bit in Colorado too, right? Yes. Also, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. We did have a we had you know two brief projects in Colorado, um, but I mean neither neither were excavation during the the point when I was on the project. It was uh, mm-hmm. survey and recording for both um, both projects I was on out there. Okay. All right. So a little bit different direction here. What is the best thing that's happened to you that's related to being an archaeologist? The best thing. Yeah. Anything, anything that's, I mean, it could be travel. It could be, you know, Mm -hmm. relationships, whatever. It wouldn't have happened if you weren't an archaeologist. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. There's like one for all of those. things. Um, I mean, I've, I, I, the Caribbean trip was, was a really amazing experience to be able to, I mean, to be working for a company in Vermont doing, you know, it was, I think it was kind of near the end of the winter at that point too. And, you know, Mm -hmm. It was, you know, times where it was a bit dire. <laughs> um, we didn't have too much light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and then we have, hey, we might have this project come through for two weeks where, you know, the company is, you know, essentially you're not working for a wage, but you are getting your airfare paid for, you're getting meals and, mm-hmm. you know, a room, but you just, you know, we just have to do this project. And it's going to be completely different from, from anything you've ever, ever worked with here. And the artifacts you're going to find are completely different. Um, so I think, I mean, I think that was just a really strange and, and wonderful opportunity that came up. Um, certainly there have been, there have been other opportunities. Um, can I say, I'll say one more. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, I owe a lot to, uh, the Desert Research Institute and my, uh, just this kind of strange, you know, sequence of connections with people that have, that have led to my current position or just kind of the current opportunities I've come across, but. Um, when I was preparing to do my thesis in England, I really was hoping that I could work on it in Reno mm-hmm. because I wanted to work in Reno and not necessarily test, uh, you know, test samples in a country where I wasn't going to be a resident. Right. I was interested in the Great Basin um, and was, I think I just had kindly kind of started um, blindly contacting folks to find out if um, 
they might have a scanning electron microscope that I could use for <laughs> for my uh, analysis. Um, and I had, you know, I guess just kind of planted a few seeds around Reno, around, you know, different research institutes. And um, I heard back from somebody at the Desert Research Institute um, linking me to Dave Rohde, who's, mm. you know, a famous Great Basin archaeologist. Yep. Um and, you know, I was in touch with him and uh, another woman that um, I was put in contact with who works, um, she works at Desert Research. Uh, she's also a research professor at UNR. She, you know, she's a, she's basically, a, you know, she's a cadaver dog person. She's mm-hmm. an ecosystem person. She's super smart lady, uh, Mary Cable. Um, so these, these two contacts at the Desert Research Institute were, you know, infinitely wonderful because I was able to do my thesis research at Desert Research. I was able to make a contact um, with Mary and, um, you know, and that's, that's how I got involved with the, well, you know, the, the Northern Nevada disaster victim um, recovery team, which is a mouthful. (laughs) Just the N and D, (laughs) D, I don't even know. Yeah, It's easier to say the full, the full name instead (laughs) of the acronym. Um, but I mean, I mean, something like that, like that was a really strange, uh, sequence of events, but it it did lead to me, you know, now I'm involved with this, this research, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, this volunteer group, which is, which is phenomenal. And, you know, I've worked, I've worked a little bit with Dave Rohde and had some experience at desert research and, or at the fortress of science, as I like to call it. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Pretty much what it is. (laughs) That is all. Well, that would have been a, a fun phone call to make. I was just thinking, uh, you don't know me, but do you have a scanning electron microscope nearby? Yeah. <laughs> Please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's fun. All right. So uh, what is the biggest thing you would change that would make being a CRM archaeologist or a CRM professional better? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh so many things, Chris. Yeah, yeah. Can you, I mean, can you change five different agencies to come to the same conclusion ahead of time yeah i don't think that's ever gonna happen (laughs) that's i mean that's my number one qualm like you know for example this project you know which is a you know a pretty local project uh we technically you know we finished today what was within our project footprint of Mm -hmm. surveying recording but we knew on the horizon that something might come up after that um, but, you know, there's a few different agencies involved that they need to discuss and need to figure out budget. They need to figure out when people are available to come to these areas. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got back and, you know, basically we're going to go back out tomorrow. And, you know, these things have been approved in the meantime. But yesterday we didn't know if we would be working tomorrow or not. <laughs> right. Um, so, I mean, that, and, but it's consulting work. You have to, you have to bear in mind that there are a lot of people trying to organize one project mm-hmm. and it's not, it's not just like a magic equation. It's a lot of gray area and it's, it's very frustrating when you're trying to plan anything. Um, yeah. with local projects, it's a little bit easier because you're, you know, you're not staying in a hotel somewhere you don't know. You're you're able to go home at the end of every day and kind of sort things out. But mm-hmm. you know, it's still it's it's nice to know if you're if you're going to be you know in the field or versus in the lab or in your hotel or wherever you might be. Yeah, well, that is the <laughs> that is the unfortunate thing about CRM is there's no there's no real good way to fix the scheduling problem unless you're. Mm-hmm. 
unless you're working for a company that is so large, it's just got a ton of work coming in and everybody can just bounce, bounce back and forth to different things. When one thing dries up, they've got another thing waiting for them, but that right. almost always and doesn't happen. So it's not really happening these days. There's yeah. just been such a, a slowdown of, you know, I mean, for all the, all the companies in this area, it's, it's been very difficult. Yeah. And we're, you know, people are considering taking on different types of companies because, I mean, just in general, like the, you know, the price of gold has dropped, like mining companies are not expanding as frequently or as grandly as in the past. Right. So, you know, these, it's, it's even harder to get these. And, and it's a lot of these very small projects that are kind mm-hmm. of cropping up here and there. Um, so, I mean, that's the number one thing I would like to change, although that also is the burden, you know, that's, that's the beast <laughs> of consulting archaeology. Yeah. It's kind of something you have to deal with regardless. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Well, what is your career goal in CRM, or do you have a career goal in CRM? Um, I mean, I like, I you know, I did. I should say I did a master's because I wanted to have a position that I, you know, could be a manager. I could have a little bit more. Um, I don't know, just a bit more stability mm-hmm. than being on a, uh, you know, more of a field tech kind of court, you know that kind of course. Like I'm not, I'm a homebody. I don't like to, I like to travel when I can for work, but I'm not, I don't like living out of my car. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't, I just don't have that level of like excitement for, I don't know where I'm going to be or what I'm going to be doing in two <laughs> weeks. <laughs> That's not my style. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm happy where I am right now. I'm not sure where else to progress to from there, you know, aside from maybe, um, field supervisor, something of that nature. Um, just, you know, another thing and, and for, you know, and for the technical aspect of, of writing reports, um, that's somewhere I'd like to be too, but, you know, unfortunately mm-hmm. it's not always the case that you get to do that. Um, if other, you know, right now I'm, or, you know, I was kind of filling in as crew chief just because there are a lot of people writing in our office right now. And, you know, you know, people are just kind of placed in different positions and you don't always know exactly where you're going to be, which is kind of the exciting part, too. Um, so it is, you know, it's good to gain experience uh, crew chiefing in the field or the lab, because I like I said, I think it's it's really imperative that, you know, your company and know what they're capable of and what you can provide, what you can help out with. Let's see. Last question. If you could give an undergrad thinking about CRM as a career, <laughs> one piece of advice, what would it be? Um, I would say identify what your what you want your specialty to be, your subset of archaeology. Um, you know, for a lot of folks, it, you know, you could be Zoarch, you could be, you know, I like osteology quite a bit and anthropo- biological anthropology and that sort of thing. Some people are very, prof- you know. If you're very proficient at a certain, uh, within a certain research sect, like, um, and you enjoy it, like you really need to enjoy these weird, (laughs) these weird (laughs) subsets of archaeology to be a happy person, because you will likely be doing research of your own volition, um, or, you know, asked to do research within your company, because you are, you know, an expert in this, in this kind of subset, um, if you don't, then you might just kind of, you might not get as much out of it as you want if it's, if you're a little bit broader. I'm not saying like you need to <laughs> get your master's and, you know, 
wooden <laughs> buttons or something <laughs> right. for between the years of 1910 and 1925. Like, <laughs> um, but you should. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah. yeah but it's so. but it's helpful to, you know, you really need to, you really need to enjoy what you're doing on a re- if, if I don't know, if if you want to progress, then you should want to do some some research and be able to kind of tie everything together. Show notes for this and all episodes can be found on the Archaeology Podcast Network website at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com forward slash profiles. At that page, you'll also find a form that you can fill out so you can be interviewed on the show. Interviews take less than 30 minutes and you don't need any special equipment. Thanks for listening and I'll see you in the field. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.